Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Nomad World weekly series. I'm Becky, and I'll be your host. And today, we're going to be talking about making deeper connections with nomads using a game called Campfire. And I'm here today with the creator of the game, Joe Sprague. Joe, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? It's going well, and I'm excited because we're going to play Campfire today with our viewers. So hopefully they're going to go right out and buy Campfire after <laughs> and use it <laughs> in their journey. But first of all, Joe, I know you're also a digital nomad at the moment. So can you first tell me about your background and how you became a digital nomad? Uh, do you mean this background or personal background? That's a real um, background, by the way. We did we established this before we started recording. Can yeah, you imagine is, viewers? This is, this is not real. <laughs> <laughs> um okay yeah so my background and how i became a digital uh, digital nomad um so i didn't start out uh with the intention of becoming a digital nomad it sort of happened to me by accident um actually had no interest in travel um and then uh, i was working in my hometown um at a job it was kind of boring and everybody my age was like getting married buying a house settling down and I was just kind of bored and dissatisfied. Um, and then some coworkers were going on a two week uh, service trip to the Dominican Republic, like a volunteer trip. And so uh, I didn't have anything better to do with my vacation time. Um, so I just decided to join them. And uh, we volunteered at a school in the Dominican Republic. And um, while I was there, the school asked me, hey, do you wanna come volunteer here full time? And I was like, well, yeah, I'm super bored with my job and with my life. And like, it could be fun to live in another country, learn another language. Um, so I signed up for a three-year contract to um, like volunteer at the school. Um, and uh, about a year in, um, I realized I had some ideological differences with the school. Um, and then I was, it was kind of in the middle of the semester. So I didn't want to leave them like uh, without a staff member in the middle of the semester. So I finished out a semester and ended up spending two years in the Dominican Republic. And then after that, I was looking for new jobs in the US and ended up getting a remote job. Uh, and then so right away, I decided I'm gonna visit all of my friends living in different places um, and just work while I'm there and see how that goes. So I did that for about a year. Uh, and then after that, I ended up joining Remote Year. And um, with Remote Year, uh, I just started traveling full time, living out of a backpack. Um, and then a year after that, I met the Nomad Cruise for the first time. And um, that's basically been my primary community for the last six or seven years. Um, and so, yeah, I just sort of fell into the lifestyle by accident. Um, in total, I've been living the lifestyle 10 or 11 years um, and didn't ever plan to. But now I'm living it and loving it. Wow. You're one of the OG digital nomads based on this story. It's, a, it's incredible. And a very unusual start, I have to say, to getting on the road to travel. I'm sure you never imagined when you first went to the Dominican Republic, but that would lead to actually living there that long. Yeah, yeah. And Joe, how, when you have been on this 10 to 11 year journey, um, how were the, how was it with making connections with people you would meet? Because I know we're going to talk about that today. Like, when you first started going, I know you're visiting your friends at first, but then as you started, as you like joining these different communities, remote year, nomad crews, how, what were the quality of those connections like? Yeah. So, um, I started off visiting friends, so it was already existing connections. Um, and then 
um, when I joined uh, Remote Year, it was sort of like this community of 80 people all traveling together. And um, it's funny because at first I thought, oh my gosh, everybody in this group of 80 people, we're all best friends and we're like super close and like everybody just loves each other. And I was a bit naive about that um, because after a couple of months, um, a bunch of drama happened and there was conflicts and we realized like some people just don't like each other and like, that's okay. Uh, that's normal life to be honest. You don't always like everyone. Um, but so the first couple of months I had this slow, like uh, honeymoon period of feeling like everything is amazing and perfect. Uh, and then I realized like, okay, relationships are hard. Relationships take work. Um, and then after I left remote year, um, I was traveling on my own for a bit. Um, and I felt like, I'm a pretty extroverted person, so it's pretty easy for me to meet people. Um, but I felt like all of my connections with people were so surface level and they never went deeper. And I wasn't really getting to know people, like really know people. Um, and yeah, I struggled with that a, a, a bunch. Um, I really like to, to connect on a deeper level. And so the superficial connections weren't really satisfying for me. Um, and yeah, when I joined the Nomad Cruise, um, well, that's sort of when the creation of Campfire started. And I don't know if you're, if you want to get right into that. Um, yeah. Why but, don't we, why don't we get into that? Yeah. So what, so you had joined the Nomad Cruise your first time and you got the idea on the boat. Is that what happened? Well, well so um, the idea started, well, the idea started way, way back. Um, but the sort of creation of the game started right before Nomad Cruise. Um, so I had been, traveling on my own and um, wanted to build these deeper connections with people. And so I started playing this game with people where we would write questions on pieces of paper, like any question that came to your mind and we would put it all in a bowl and pass it around and just pull a question out and ask it. And we were having a lot of fun doing that, getting to know each other. And I was just collecting the best questions from playing that with people and just keeping them in a bag. And when I got to Nomad Cruise in 2016, um, I had that bag of questions with me and I just started playing on the cruise with people um, and people got really excited about it. And um, I made some really good connections through playing that with people on, on the third cruise. And then afterward, people started encouraging me to turn it into a product and like actually develop it. Uh, and so that's kind of how that started. Um, yeah. Great. Well, I know it wasn't an overnight journey to make this game. Um, I've actually talked with you through several of the iterations, especially getting the final product made. But can you reveal the final product? I know you've got it right there with you. <laughs> yeah. So here's the here's the game. This one's a bit beat up because I have been carrying it around for a while. Um, this is what a new and, one looks like, uh, guys. If you could see it. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, hold Joe... it in front of you. Hold it in front of you. There you go. There we go. Thank you. Joe just gave me my own copy and you can see it's a tin. So it's really nice to keep the cards safe in the tin. I love that, Joe, that you made that choice because I think it's better than a cardboard box for sure. Um, yeah, I wanted to make something that like for nomads who are packing their stuff tightly all the time, I wanted it to kind of be durable. Uh, so you can pack it in there with a really tightly packed bag and it won't get smashed up. And um, and the cards are actually waterproof too. So if you want to play next to the pool or like on a greasy dinner table or whatever, like you can you can do that and the cards will survive. So I love how small the cards are too. I was trying to show that. Like it's very 
Um, it's just so practical. I, I actually have had a friend that made a, a deck of cards and they were just too big. I wanted to travel with them, but they, yeah, it was not very practical. So, okay. Yeah. I love this. And it says it's for two to 20 players on the, on the top yeah. of the 10. So, yeah. Okay. So that, yeah. Yeah. So two to 20 players is like a broad range. Um, ideally it's better for like six or seven people. Um, but yeah, you can play with any size group. You could even play with more than 20 people, but it starts to get a little bit unruly when you've got more than 20 people in a group. So, yeah. And I, I've heard there's different, well, let's, let's ask, what do you think is the best way to play it? Like I've seen people in small groups going with different questions, or do you think you should ask the group of six to seven, like the same question in the circle? How do you best like to play campfire? Yeah. So when it's a smaller group, it uh, works best to give everyone a chance to answer every question. Um, so that works really well if it's just two people. Um, but it's not as much of a game with two people. It's more of like a heart to heart kind of conversation. Um, but uh, yeah, so, so the smaller the group is, the easier it is for everyone to answer questions. Um, and then as the group gets larger, it's better to just basically have one person answer each question. Um, but it's sometimes nice to give other people the opportunity to share an answer if they have something like that comes up that's just like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to share this. Um, so usually the way that I recommend playing it is um, someone will ask a question and choose a person to answer it. And then that person will answer the question. And then after that, the floor kind of opens up for anyone to share for a couple minutes, and then you move on to the next question. Okay. And now, I, one thing I love about Campfire is that there are four levels of questions. Can you share what those levels are? Yeah, so the levels of the questions that go, uh, it's sort of like a metaphor for a real life campfire. Um, so you don't just snap your fingers and have a real life campfire, and you don't just snap your fingers and have a deep connection with someone. You have to sort of build your way there. Um, so the questions uh, are organized in categories uh, the same way that you build a fire. So they start with kindling, then you add flames, then you get some sparks, and then you end with embers. Um, so the way that that works, kindling um, are questions. They're sort of warm-up questions. They're not too personal. They're usually not really about yourself. They're just about some random, maybe your thoughts on some topic or um yeah, they're just some light questions to get you started. Um, then once people start to feel comfortable in the environment, you can start asking the flames, the second level, which is questions that are more personal. They're about you, about who you are, how you got to where you are. Um, and so you're being asked to share more about yourself. Then the third question is the sparks. And this is usually everyone's favorite category. Um, it's uh, These are taboo questions, adult topics, things that get a little bit wild um, and they tend to be a lot of fun for like a party environment. Um, I think they're kind of the key to making this um, sort of a more of a game and not so much just a conversation. Um, and then the last question, last category of questions is um, embers, which are as the uh, campfire has been going for a while and things start to sort of calm down a little bit and you start to feel like a bit connected to the people around you 
um, these questions are a bit more vulnerable and they go really deep on topics that uh, people might not usually feel comfortable opening up and sharing. Um, and so you play this game, you go through the stages as people feel comfortable and you stop when people are ready to stop. You don't have to go all the way to embers if you don't want to go that deep. Um, you just kind of go with how comfortable the people playing are. Yeah, I would say in my experience when I've played, you, you, we ask a lot of questions and then there's just kind of a natural time when we all feel that it's it's time to end the game. But I've always felt mm -hmm. more connected to the people I've played with. And I'm wondering about you, or do you have any stories of connections that you've made in your travels by using this game? Um, yeah, well, so one thing I want to say before I share the story about that um, is the game does tend to sort of reach a natural ending where people are like, okay, I think we're done. Let's, let's move on to do something else. Um, but sometimes you get stuck in this group where it's like, this game has been going on for three hours and nobody's like, nobody's saying that they're ready to stop. And like, you can kind of feel that like people are kind of getting tired of it, but nobody wants to be that person to say like, let's stop playing. Um, so I really recommend, especially with larger groups, that you do two things. One, you pick a facilitator who's going to sort of direct the conversation and sort of say what stage we're at and what uh, what time is a good time to end. So you have that. And then the larger the group gets, the more important it is to just set a timer and just say, we're going to play for an hour. And then you set that timer. And when an hour is up, it kind of gives pr people permission to say like, okay, this has been a great conversation. Now let's go do something else. Um, so... I would definitely recommend doing something like that, like sort of setting some boundaries and picking a facilitator. Um, yeah. And then you asked about, um, do I have any stories about connections I've made through the game? Um, yeah. So my favorite stories, my favorite stories about connections to the game are actually the stories that other people tell me. Um, so, you know, people tell me, uh that they were playing this game on dates all the time i hear about people took this game on a date and they played with a date and like just made a great connection so that's really cool to hear um and then i hear people playing it in all sorts of places um just around the world like there was this uh seven figure business leader conference and like someone sent me a photo of like all these like super wealthy people playing campfire and i'm like what like i feel like kind of special because i had an impact on that group of people who in normal life, I would feel like I can't access that group of people really. Um, and even um, uh, I got a picture recently of some people playing it in Ukraine. And I was like, oh, this is like so cool that I can brighten the lives of people going through like a really hard time. Um, and so that's really cool for me. Um, but then also, so the person who uh, sent me a picture in Ukraine uh, is a mutual friend of ours. I'm sure you already know that it's Curtin. Um, oh, yeah. And so Curtin is actually my story of a connection who I made um, through this game. Um, so on Nomad Cruise 3, um, this wasn't like a, a formalized game or anything, uh, but we had this meetup board where we would write meetups that we wanted to do on the cruise. And I wrote down like conversation questions or deep conversations or something like that and uh just a few people showed up like maybe five people um and curtain was one of them and then we 
put up on the back of this cruise table with this curtain went so deep so fast and his just like ability to connect with people and like really listen to people um it was just so like inspiring to me and I was like wow I really like just sitting and talking to this guy and like I really like the conversations that we're having and so he was one of the first people that I really got excited about this game with and and um he got excited about it and yeah now I would consider Curtin one of my best friends uh that I've had in my entire life so yeah I think that that came about partly through this game well, thank you for sharing. No, like you, you have no idea when you go deep with these conversation questions, the bond that you can really form. And, you know, you, you have a friend for life perhaps now from this. And I'm sure around the world, like you said, these people in these groups, you've not been able to access in these countries, you may not even be able to access right now. People are, you know, making these bonds and it can build many things in the, in the future. So yeah, I love Campfire. Love this idea. Um, one question for you before we go into some questions from Campfire together. Is Campfire available uh, on an app or is it only in card form? So um, it's not yet available on an app, but hopefully soon. Um, I This is my first time ever creating a physical product and trying to distribute it internationally. And I'm realizing that there are a lot of logistical challenges and this is not like creating a physical product and selling it is not my specialty. So I'm like completely overwhelmed and there's a lot of learning. And one of the things I'm realizing that it, is that it's actually quite expensive. There are a lot of different um, costs associated that I was completely unaware of. Um, and so I am struggling to make a profitable game as a physical product. Um, and I'm still working on that, still trying to figure out ways to make that work. But I'm realizing that a better business model for me is to make an app. Um, so I'm starting to work on developing this into an app. And um, there, at first I was resistant to making it an app because I really feel like these days it's so hard to connect with people in person. Um, all the connecting is like kind of forced online and it's like, oh, we have to do everything online and you have to do things through Facebook and through some app. And I'm just, I'm sick of being in front of screens all the time. I work in front of a screen and I mean, it's amazing the things that screens enable us to do, but I really wanted to create a physical product or a, a thing that helps people connect in the physical world. Um, so for a long time, I was like, no, it has to be a physical product. It has to be a physical product. Um, but like I said, I think it makes more sense to be a, a as a business, to be an app. Uh, it's easier to distribute, a lot less costs involved. Um, and it actually enables me to recreate some the features of the original um, way that we were playing this, where everyone was writing questions on pieces of paper and it was a more dynamic game with more input from the people playing. Uh, and that would be much easier for me to create with an app where people can type in their questions. Um, and there are a lot of other features that I've been sort of brainstorming and would like to build that just aren't possible with the physical game. Um, and so I really have this vision to turn it into... Um, not just a game, but really more of like guided conversations for wherever you want to go and whatever topics you want to talk about with whatever group of people um, to create a tool that helps people to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm starting to work on that. I don't have a clear timeline of when it will be available because this is sort of like 
my side project, not my not my day job, unfortunately. But um, yeah. So right okay. now it's just a physical card game. <laughs> Well, I feel honored to have a copy, uh, and as we know, there is a chance to get the to get it now. But let's see what happens in the future. I'm also happy to hear that there's going to be different inter iterations and a digital form of it, so it, people will have more access to it, and it, it can be more malleable, like you said. Um, so, without further ado, Joe, are you ready to ask each other some campfire questions to demonstrate how this works? All right, let's do it. I have prepared, I have one from each level, actually. Um, and I, let's see, I'm going to ask you the second level, the flames, just, just because I feel like it. <laughs> um, Joe, in what ways have you changed in the past year or two? Uh, that's one of my favorite questions. Um, wow, in the past year or two. So for me, um, the past year or two have been really challenging. Um, I've been struggling with some health issues. Uh, uh, which have been they've really pushed my um my mental health to its limits and um it's it's been really a year of struggling to feel like i'm um staying afloat basically um and i've made a lot of progress um and uh, it's been like a healing journey, which is something that I've heard a lot of friends go on some different healing journeys for different reasons. Um, and this is, I think, really the first time for me that I've been on such a dramatic healing journey. And it's it, it was very slow progress at first and then made some dramatic progress in, in a couple months. And then um, recently I've been making a lot of progress and feeling a lot better. Um, but um, yeah, it's been so it's changed me a lot. Uh, it's It's changed um a lot of my attitude and mindset um and i would say one of the ways that it's changed me is that um it's made me take a lot less for granted um and it's also created for me like uh, a sense of humility like i think i had before you know i'm still pretty young and before i had never really had a period in my life where i was faced with um, my own physical limitations in this way um, and and in a sense my own mortality like realizing like oh health and feeling great is not forever um, and so yeah I think it just gave me um, a little bit more humility and a little bit more like um, realizing how precious the the things that we have are and the good the good health and the good friendships and connections and ability to travel all this stuff um yeah I, I guess i would say overall it made me a lot more grateful so oh i'm glad you in a way i'm, I'm happy that you've had a chance to have this <laughs> journey i wish that it wasn't a painful experience in any way but it does pain does yeah. really make you grow so yeah thank you yeah. for sharing that In this case, would you would you would you normally with Campfire ask me back the same question, or do you want to ask yeah. a different question? Yeah, I either can do way, that. Either way. <laughs> with, yeah, like I said earlier, if you're playing with a smaller group, it makes sense for both people to answer. Um, and if you're playing with a larger group, then it doesn't always you don't always have time for everyone to answer. Um, yeah. But yeah, let's do that. Um, so so yeah, how about you? In what ways have you changed in the past year or two? 
I would say for me, the biggest change has been going from being a completely nomadic person to having a base where I spend about half the year, which is Lisbon, Portugal, um, and also buying an apartment. I bought an apartment in 2021 in Lisbon, and I've never owned property before. And I'm not a natural person who can fix homes and do construction and have a, I don't have a brain for that. So that's been a challenge to like outsource all of those things that needed to be fixed with the apartment that I bought. So I feel a little bit like I have, uh, I guess I would say, I feel I have a child that is, is, is living in Lisbon. I'm not in Lisbon at the moment, but you do take care of this, of this child. Of course, for those of watching with children, it's nothing like having a child, but it is that new level of responsibility. And so I, I feel that I've become a little bit more, a little less carefree, at least related to being a property owner and having to stay in a base and pay taxes and things like that. But um, it, it has made me feel more like an adult. And I think it, the word that you used is perfect. I feel grateful for that opportunity to grow rather than just staying in a kind of similar pattern for two more years. Um, it also gave me something to focus on during the pandemic, which so so many of us struggled mentally through. So I think it buoyed me a little bit because I was focused on something. Yeah. All right, Joe, uh, can you, you can ask any question you want from this game to me. <laughs> Your turn. Okay. Uh, do you want do you want to pick a a level? I'll take the uh, I'll take the sparks. The one that you said was the favorite. Sparks. Okay. What yeah, I understand to be favorite. the sexiest category. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, let's see. Okay. I'm I'm I picked a few out that would be good to ask you, but I'm I'm just gonna pick one from this stack. Okay. What is something you've done that was out of character for you? Ooh, um, I would say at the time, this this might sound like a lame answer, but at the time, um, running a marathon, because oh. I was like my my stepfather said I used to get winded running from the front door to the mailbox. And he wasn't actually lying about that. Um, I wasn't <laughs> a physically active child. I was just reading and watching movies all the time growing up in Ohio, where you're also from. Um, and so I just was not a sports person. And then I actually got challenged to do it through um, dating someone who was really into running. And then he broke up with me. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I want to prove to you, like, I, I actually am capable of doing this. He never knew it that I ran the marathon in the end, but it was a kind of a negative motivation <laughs> to do it, but yeah. it, it made me do it. I actually ended up running two marathons. And so then I started to see myself as like, this is no longer out of character. This is something that I'm capable of doing. And so it became really empowering at the end. Wow, that's actually really interesting to me. I, I wouldn't have guessed that about you because um, you and I have actually done a lot of running together. Um, it's like yeah. one of the main things that you and I have done together, I think. Uh, so I would have never guessed that that was at one point out of character for you. Yeah, I was never, I was never physically active until probably about six years ago. So yeah, it's it's uh, amazing what can happen along the way and, and what we're really <laughs> capable of. And also, I, I was just always thin. I was lucky that I had won a genetic lottery in a sense. And so I didn't feel the urge to need to be physically active. So that's as a child. That's how I that's what happened. Um, but yeah. Yeah. How about you, Joe? What is something you've done that's out of character? Uh, something that's out of character. Um... I, I wasn't prepared for you to ask this question back to me. 
I didn't know what you were going to ask me either. But uh, yeah, and sometimes in the game, I know you get time. You get time to wait for other people's answers. But yeah, one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky. Um, Well, okay, this might not be the best answer, but I'll actually kind of repeat what you said. Um, Running was something that I do a lot now that at one point was also for me something that was very out of character. Um, I've always been, I would say, a physically active person, but I always hated running. Like to me, it was like kind of boring and kind of just like, I don't know, painful in a way. Um, But when I became a nomad, I always felt like I need to stay active somehow. And like, sometimes it's hard because you either didn't find a good gym or don't have a gym membership or don't have the equipment with you to do whatever sport you're you would like to do um and my favorite sports require a lot of equipment like windsurfing and kite surfing and um snowboarding and so these things are not you can't just like do them you have to pay money and you have to like register and all this stuff so I just got into running um not because I liked it but just because I needed to stay active um and then after a while I realized like I get a lot of benefits from running. Like after I run, I feel a lot better. I feel like happier and more energetic. And so I started to like it just from that perspective. Um, and then I recently, so about four years ago, maybe five years ago, I quit drinking alcohol completely. And I found like when you're not drinking alcohol, connecting with other people is a challenge in another way uh, because it's like such a social activity. And socially, that's kind of like what people just go do um to meet people um and so i've had to be creative in the ways that i meet people and and i've found that running is actually a really good way to meet people there are running clubs in basically every part of the world um and so whenever i go to a new place and i don't know anyone and i'm like i want to meet people what can i do i look up things like running clubs and i just show up and just go running and meet people and it's really cool a really cool way to meet people but at one point in my life that would have been completely out of character for me Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm so glad you found running as well. Uh, and w- even with these questions, like I found, I found out things about you. I didn't know. So definitely <laughs> deep connection questions are so much better than just like, Hey, how are you? Small talk of the day. Um, I really wish we had more time to ask a lot more questions, but I just wanted to ask you quickly, what are some of your favorite questions that you included in the game? Yeah. So, um, one of my favorite questions is, uh, is the one that you you asked in what ways have you changed in the past year or two? Um, I really like that question because I really like, uh, I, re- I really feel like it gives some insight into what's going on in someone's life and what is like a significant part of their, their mindset and the things that they've been going through. Um, and it's also something that people like to talk about. People want other people to know what they have been working on for the last year or two or how they've changed or what they've gone through um, and really gives people this sense of like oh i've shared this with people now these people know me and now like i'm known by these people and accepted um so that's one of my favorite questions um and then the other favorite question that i have i think it's related is um when was a time that you pushed yourself out of your comfort zone and how did it go (laughs) nice Yes. So, yeah. And um, I like that as well, because um, for me, pushing myself out of my comfort zone is like, I, I guess I would say it's like one of my main values in a sense. Like, I, I really think that it's important to 
for, for people to push themselves out of their comfort zone, to challenge themselves, um, you know, personal development and self-improvement. Um, and I grew up uh, in a really, uh, in an environment where that was kind of cultivated. And for me, it was cultivated through like outdoor adventure and like rock climbing and rappelling. Um, and so I even worked for a while at a, at a summer camp where I was facilitating um, like a ropes course for, for campers and just giving people the opportunity to push themselves out of their comfort zone to like jump in some obstacle course and like just do some sort of like thing that's completely out of their comfort zone. I saw so many people grow through that. And so it just, I find it a really inspiring um, topic and thing to talk about. Oh, yeah. Thank you for sharing. I can see why that's one of your favorites. Okay, Joe, I'm going to switch gears now and ask you something that I've been asking many of my guests recently. So for the digital okay. nomads out there, if you could give them one tip, what would you give them? Okay. Um, so my main tip, and this is not really exclusively for digital nomads, but I feel like it applies very much to digital nomads, um, is that anything worth doing well is worth doing poorly at first um so for me the reason that that's really relevant to digital nomads is because as a digital nomad you're going to be in environments where you have to do things that you're not confident about or you feel like you're a beginner and you feel completely out of your element um and you're going to do things poorly a lot i think as a nomad um and so um i think it's important to be comfortable with that um, and then, you know, we all have this desire to do things well. Um, and so sometimes it feels like, ah, oh, if I'm doing it poorly, like, I don't like that. But like, doing things poorly is the first step on the journey to being able to do something well. Um, and for me, like, one specific way that that has played out is learning languages. Um, so a lot of, well, I think most of the European nomads know a lot more languages than North American nomads like you and I, although you know quite a few languages. <laughs> uh, but uh, for me, I never learned another language until I was 25. And um, when I started learning, I started with Spanish and I started learning Spanish and I was like, I feel so dumb. Like I can't say anything correctly and I'm making mistakes all the time. And my pronunciation is just weird and just like, and I struggled so much with feeling like I don't want to speak Spanish because I feel like I can't do it well. And then I realized like if I ever want to learn Spanish, I have to be comfortable with doing it poorly. And then after a couple of years of speaking Spanish poorly, I got to a level where I felt like I'm actually really comfortable with Spanish and I can have like a normal social life in Spanish. And that's like really cool. And then um, I did the same thing recently with Hungarian. Um, I have Hungarian roots and I spent, most of the pandemic in Hungary. Um, and I started learning Hungarian and Hungarian is a much more challenging language than Spanish. Um, and this phase of feeling like I'm doing it poorly, like I've been learning Hungarian for three years and I'm still in the phase of feeling like I do it poorly. Uh, but I've made like so much progress because I'm comfortable with just doing it poorly. Um, and so I think this is like a really important skill as a nomad, whether you're learning languages or learning a new skill, or just going to a new place where the culture is different. Like if you really want to do things well or get um, really comfortable in a new environment, you have to be comfortable doing things poorly at first. I love that tip. I really want people to remember that. So I'm going to end on that and then ask you, 
if people want to follow you or buy Campfire, where can they find it? Where can they where can they go? So the best place right now to follow me and kind of know what's going on with Campfire is on Instagram. On uh, the account is Campfire Questions, all one word. Uh, um, and then I also have a website, CampfireQuestions.com. Um, right now, my inventory is mostly stuck in Budapest, and it won't. I won't be able to ship it until the spring when I get back to Budapest. Um, but uh, I do have about 20 copies with me. So if you happen to be in the same place as I am right now, I'm in Thailand. Um, and then like a month or two, I'll be in Bali. So if you happen to be in those places in the next couple months, connect with me, um, message me on Instagram and I can give you a copy. Um, otherwise campfirequestions.com in the spring, I would be shipping hopefully pretty much everywhere. Great. And should we message you at campfire questions, the Instagram account? Yeah, you can message me there. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Joe. I'm excited that we got to introduce this game to everybody, guys. Campfire is a lot of fun, and I hope you guys can get a copy and eventually maybe a digital copy. Thank you, Becky. Thank you. Have a great day, Joe. Okay. Thank you.